The past five years have seen some pretty significant developments in China's data, privacy, and cybersecurity regimes, all aimed at protecting personal data and strengthening national security. These changes are analyzed in a recent report from USCBC, and today we are chatting with one of the authors about how that changing environment is affecting companies. From the US China Business Council in Washington, DC, I'm Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. Hannah Feldshu is a business advisory services manager in our Beijing office and is one of the authors of the recent report on how American companies are approaching China's data, privacy, and cybersecurity regimes. So, Hannah, the, the first question I have about this report and some of its takeaways is essentially why now? Why at this particular juncture is it so important to understand how American companies are navigating these cyber and data issues in China? The answers to those questions are essentially threefold. One, Members have been aware of these issues for many years, but are now starting to pay greater attention because key laws are in place. Two, China's laws take a national security-focused approach to data privacy, data security, and cybersecurity, which ups the ante in terms of compliance threat. And then three, although these key laws are in place, businesses still have a lot of open-ended questions with regards to how they'll be implemented, which means that they're devoting greater time and attention to try and navigate compliance. Now, to go back a little bit into all of these three key points, I'll start off with why uh, this issue has been a long-standing one for members. Since 2015, USCBC annual member survey data has indicated that data flows and personal information rules are in the top five compliance challenges for our American business members in China. This means that when thinking about the full range of issues that they're facing on the ground, including geopolitical risk, competition with Chinese competitors, uh, rules and complications from COVID public health restrictions, data flows and personal information rules are still ranking among some of the biggest concerns when evaluating compliance strategy. Further upping the ante is that now all three of China's seminal cybersecurity data and privacy laws are in place. The cybersecurity law, of course, was the first among them, uh, passed and implemented in 2017. But in 2021, both the data security law and the personal information protection law were also passed and implemented, meaning that China's rules and regulations are enforceable, uh, at least key elements of that, on this topic. And China has a lot of elements of its approach to these issues that are similar to other international best practices. One of the key differences, though, is that China really enshrines national security as a key concept within data, cybersecurity, and privacy laws meaning that violations to any of these three laws I just mentioned not only comes with civil penalties, but also criminal and personal liabilities. A key term under that concept of national security is the term important data, which is an idea more or less distinct to the Chinese concept um, and refers to types of data that have particular importance and impact on national security and thus should be subject to greater rules around cross-border data transfer reviews, data localization, and cybersecurity requirements. Despite that being a key term that businesses will need to understand in order to be compliant, the definition of important data is still not clear. We're expecting that both regions as well as industries will articulate important data catalogs to be able to define that concept for their region and sector. But as of right now, we're still awaiting greater clarity, which of course creates concerns for businesses as they're not sure even if they're trying to proactively comply, if their attempts to be compliant are actually accurate and in line with regulatory expectations. 
In addition to that concept of national security resulting in a difference in terms, China's system also navigates uh, its relationship to businesses and business obligations differently. In contrast with, say, European Union regulations, in China, businesses are responsible for securing their data practices uh, rather than having an individual rights-based approach, which once again increases the responsibility of businesses to appropriately adjust their data governance models, even though some of these key elements are left unclear. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's a pretty good baseline for understanding some of these regulations. So I know as part of this report, you did a lot of benchmarking and you spoke with a lot of companies about how they're addressing some of these changes. So what's the general feedback you've heard from them? As I mentioned, businesses are concerned about cyber and data challenges. And that is bubbling to the top in terms of discussions, not only with leadership in China, but also in MNCs with discussions between offices and with headquarters. When I first started benchmarking with members with regards to this topic, Most were really in a wait-and-see mode, meaning that because at the time key laws and regulations were not passed or were not at least drafted and proposed, they were really much more in a reactive state where they would monitor and look for key changes but weren't necessarily looking to change wholesale compliance practices that do come with an associated cost. Following passage of the data security law and personal information protection law, businesses don't have the luxury anymore of remaining more reactive and are shifting to a proactive stance with regards to these issues. Mm. So, so I mean, given that more proactive stance, what have been some examples of how companies are responding to these changes? With that proactive energy in mind, businesses had a variance of response, and that could be roughly categorized in four different ways. First off, businesses are thinking about revamping their government affairs strategies, looking to build either local connections or relationships within special development zones or free trade zones that will facilitate easier cross-border data transfer that's crucial to business operations for the average international company. And also, we're hearing that businesses find it easier to get an unofficial green light from local regulators as opposed to central regulators who are more constrained in the type of, of feedback they can provide to businesses. A second approach is mapping company data. For a large international company, understanding their data flows, including with a vast network of customers, vendors, etc., can be complex. And companies indicated that they're working to do so and also stress test their data governance systems along the way to try and improve cybersecurity practices and also just better understand the level of sensitivity of the data that they're processing and at what volume. The third general approach includes adjusting company structure and creating new data governance plans. So that includes creating a cross-department committee to be able to review data governance plans as a unit and with all functions involved. That could include IT, HR, business units, etc. That also might include increasing headcount to invest in on-the-ground chief privacy officers or chief security officers. The general idea here is that businesses are rethinking their data governance practices and understanding that investing in resources on the ground will allow them to be more nimble and adjust strategies to a Chinese context. The final general approach is adjusting data storage practices, meaning that companies are evaluating, if they haven't already, whether or not they'd want to localize their data in China to essentially create in China for China data islands where all processes uh, involving data, including data storage, are distinct from global operations. Now, this one is perhaps the trickiest for companies to sign up for because, of course, 
building a data storage center or working with a joint partner to do so, as is likely the case in China, is a costly choice and also has long-term implications, which means that you'll have to be comfortable with your long-term investment prospects in China. Right. And what sort of questions still remain unanswered for companies about these cyber and, and data strategies? At the moment, members are really waiting for greater clarity with regards to how important data will be defined, particularly because the definition of important data will shape what cross-border data transfer reviews and data localization requirements they will be subject to. In addition to that, on the privacy side of things, members are still waiting for greater clarity with regards to what requirements would be to transfer a larger volume of personal information. Now, right under Chinese law right now, there are a few pathways to transfer a larger volume of personal information, which most multinational corporations would fall under. And one of those is signing a standard contract between domestic sender and overseas recipient. Now, there were rumors that this standard contract might be released as a template November 1st of 2021, when the personal information protection law was passed. Thus far, we haven't seen any such document. And of course, what that would look like and how that would impact relationships with vendors and suppliers is a huge open question that needs greater clarity. Right now, it's still pretty murky as to when some of these key pieces will be issued and implemented. But my best guess is that this is a three to five year time horizon. So business should, businesses should uh, be aware of updates and certainly pay attention to them, but also expect that this isn't going to be an immediate quick fix, that it will take years to be able to get all elements of China's regime in place. Right. And in those coming years, I'm sure that you and other colleagues at USCBC will be tracking those developments. So thank you very much, Hannah, for that roundup. Um, and I will note that you can read the full report about this topic on our website, and I will link it in the description below as well. I would encourage you to have a look through the report as it really does concisely lay out this changing cyber landscape and it thinks through the issues in a really methodical way that can really help your company plan for the future as uncertain as it might be on this front. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can always learn more about the work that we do on our website, uschina.org. If you do like the show, please leave it a rating and a review as it will always help other people to find it. And as always, thank you very much for listening and we will be back next week. 